0: Welcome to Volta Knowledge, a podcast brought to you by Volta Insight. Hello everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Volta Knowledge. We are thrilled to have you along with us for this podcast here, brought to you today by Volta Energy. We're gonna cover a lot of topics on the podcast as we roll out with more and more episodes. But for today, we're talking about automated monitoring of motors and variable frequency drives. What does that mean? Why is it so important? And how does it reduce downtime, especially given where we are in today's climate? And joining me to talk about all of these things and kind of paint a picture of the landscape for us as well is George Gallia, he's the VP of Field Services at Volta Energy. George, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Well, it is a pleasure to have you on today, George. So just to give everyone an introduction into you and into Volta Energy, with this being the first episode of the podcast, George, just tell us a little bit more about you and your role as the VP of Field Services, and a little bit more about Volta Energy in general.
1: I do traditional service and troubleshooting work, and that ties in nicely with the primary role of Volta Energy, and that is to do predictive maintenance on critical electrical assets. What I've been doing is going out into the industry, HVAC and in the manufacturing sectors and identifying key assets that need protection, that need monitoring, and we can do some predictive maintenance on it. In other words, we can tell when that electric motor or asset is going to fail. And we can head off a lot of problems that way. So my role is is as a troubleshooter and as somebody who can come in and help managers and owners and stakeholders.
0: So just tell us a little bit more about where we are right now in the, in the current landscape of the industry.
1: Well, Tyler, I, I've been in for almost 32 years now and I've never seen the marketplace like this before. What we have is the perfect storm. So we have a shortage of experienced labor. You have a lot of uh, senior people who are retiring. They've moved out of the cities, they've sold their homes, they're living in a rural area and they're doing something else. We have the people who are with larger corporations in the field are promoted now and they're managers. So they're taken out of the picture. We have a situation where you know, steel's gone up, what, 100% lately? And we have products that are on average going up anywhere between 20 to 60%, like glycol, aluminum, all of that. And don't even talk about copper wire (laughs) or copper pipe. I mean, these are all the mainstays of any industry. So we have that. Now, if something goes down, you're not going to get it unless it's in stock. And typically where you would get a week delivery, we're looking at 14 weeks delivery, where you were looking at four to six weeks, you're now looking at 20 to 24 weeks delivery. Combine that with margins are down. Everybody's trying to run more efficient. And of course we have a situation that's affecting everybody globally and that's the pandemic that's hit us hard. We're just coming out of it right now. We're all crawling out of that hole, but it's still there. Nothing's going away. So it is critical. And absolutely critical that if you're going to have any durability, any kind of maintenance of profits in the organization is that you have to be able to predict when you're going to have to service a certain asset, 100%.
0: What sorts of insights can you glean from automated monitoring and how can it help with this predictive maintenance that we've been talking about?
1: what happens is you can, instead of being a a serial operation, and let me explain that, where typically you would have a maintenance person or stationary engineer walking around with a clipboard and a grease gun, doing every motor in the place. That is if it's greased properly, which I find typically isn't. They don't know how to do that. Many do, but a lot don't. And then they'll document that. And we don't know how that documentation goes or where it goes or what's available. Is it on a piece of paper? Who sees it? You know, how can you get that information? You can't. It's stored. That's all it is. And they go through this. And it's been done like that for probably a 100 years. You know, when you have ESA, when you're monitoring, you can monitor everything in parallel all at once. So if there's any departure from the norm on any asset, You know about it. Not only do you know about it, but you begin to comprehend the level and the expediency of that departure. Is it ramping up? Because now you're trending. And trending is very important. A lot of people say, well, I have have an automation system. Automation systems are meant for control. They're not meant for diagnosing and doing preventative maintenance. They're much like the engine light on your car. You know, yeah, it, are, yeah. do you have no oil? Is the transmission gone? Or, you know, is the signal light out? We don't know. With ESA, you get not only fine control, but it's granular. Let me explain that. We can go down to microseconds. We can really dive into and get some traction into what the field of view is for that asset. So now, now what's happening is we know when it has to be replaced. It's characteristic in operation. Does it run rough? If there's no departure, then it runs rough. That's the way it runs, basically. Hmm. The other thing, too, is we can also recommend if that's the wrong application for that motor or that asset. Because people go out and typically, you know, well, let's face it, it's price, price and delivery, right, two-dimensional, right. You know, stick the motor in, you know, it's a, it's a T34 motor, stick it in, but maybe an open drip proof motor is not required for that application. That's why it's always a problem. This nips that in the bud. So what we do is we put all the problems to bed and eventually now you have control. Mm -hmm. That's the key. I see a lot of managers, a lot of stakeholders, owners, A lot of the maintenance people too. Not only is it about price and delivery and can we get it and how long it's going to take to install, but it's also, we have to look at that emotional dimension too. It wears on people in their job. That's, you know, there's a lot of pillow talk that goes on and tossing and turning. I know Hmm. you eliminate that too. So the workplace is healthier, which is, I don't know how you would do any metrics on that.
0: That's a very good point that there are intangibles that can be brought into this conversation as well. And, you know, I think the the old saying goes that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? And there is peace of mind just in having that that visibility and having that transparency into these motors and into how they're running and, and everything that that's going on with them, right? And that can certainly help people be more proactive rather than reactive when issues arise, right?
1: I've been in installations where, on sites where I've been pulled in. I've been called in to sort things out. And, you know, they've gone through their fifth motor. Wow. And that's over, let's say, a two-year period. And they're not small mm-hmm. motors. You know, I'm talking about 60-horsepower motors that are uh, 30 feet on a strobic fan mounted vertically. The motor weighs 850 pounds, and it's on top of a 36-story office building and lab, lab building. So not an easy thing to do. You know, they've replaced probably all of them, you know, all all eight motors over the last little while and they keep failing. So what happens is the application for that particular motor may not be the best, okay? Or that brand. Now that's not to place any kind of connotation on one brand is better than the other. It's all application specific. That's what it is. The other thing that is really not apparent at times is that with ESA and with our deployment, what you get is data. Because I have to tell you, everybody on site that is being pulled into that, the electricians, the service people, the motor shop people, the motor repair people, VFD people, everybody that's pulled into that are all giving their opinions, confusing the stakeholders, the managers. It's all confusion because one will say, well, I've heard that the drive is single phasing the motor, which is absolutely absurd, Hmm. or that it must have been the PWM on the drive or the bearings are bad. Without data, you can't make any informed decision to move forward. And that's what we provide is data so that the person making the decision, and it's usually one person, can move forward and resolve the issue and, and seek a remedy.
0: So, George, one of the things that we've seen at times across the industry is sometimes people can get data paralysis, right? Where they have so much data or so much information, they don't know what to do with it. How do you make data actionable for people?
1: Well, what you do is you boil it down to short gravy and you, you, you put it in common terms. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've seen where they've pulled in people and done a harmonic and power quality study or they've done a vibration analysis. And all that's produced is a very standard PDF report that's generated with no insight whatsoever. And I've seen that time and time again. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And uh, they say, well, what, what does this mean? What is BDU? Well, that's bearing damage units, okay? So ours are at 280, what's the limit? Well, typically ISO says 150 for that type of motor. So the bearings are on the way out. You don't get insights like that. What you get are numbers, and it's kind of like pushing numbers on a calculator and hitting equal, unless you understand what that number means. For example, like the cosine of 45 degrees or the cosine of 13 degrees when you're doing power factor, Mm-hmm. which gives you a power factor of 0.96 which is 96% which is excellent. If you don't know what 0.13 means, and I can tell you that disseminating information for the client is what we do.
0: Hmm.
1: We we talk to them. One to one, we talk to them. So it's it's very much like, you know, you'll you'll go get a medical test. And a lot of times you won't you won't hear from the doctor. Well, that's supposed to mean that everything's okay. But still in the back of your mind, you don't know, did they forget to call me? All of that's alleviated. So really having a one-to-one and kind of having a conversation and relating to the customer, that goes a long way
0: absolutely and one of the things that that stands about uh, stands out about this is that right now with with margins being slim no one can afford downtime right now and and that's that's the biggest issue right is that downtime costs you money and it costs you business and so this this certainly helps reduce downtime which is something that everybody's looking to do
1: exactly i mean a rule of thumb is that if you're doing a vfd job take the cost of the materials and double it that's what it's going to cost you hmm Labor-wise, you know, after all is said and done, from right. the moment you issue a purchase order to the moment you sign off on it. For example, if, if, a, if a drive costs, you know, $8,000, eh, it's going to cost you 16000 to put it in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, then that's with everything. So replacing things, the time base in people's minds right now has to change. I've talked to a lot of business owners, a lot of people that I work with in the industry, and they haven't seen it like this either. First of all, they're all overwhelmed and we can't, you know, nobody can find people. Right. So, you know, the way it was put to me was that everything's really busy right now. The salmon are running, but we don't have a big enough net.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way of putting it.
1: It's, it's just a shortage of everything. And just a short of a, of experience, of finances, I don't know where the manufacturing is right now. I really don't. There's some people that have been stocking up. You know, with with ESA, you you really leverage your experience and the knowledge you have against anything that the market can throw at you. You are optimizing. What happens is if you have an environment, let's say you have a rock crushing or a mining. Environment that's very rough on motors, you can identify which motors you should put in stock, which ones to stock. Mm -hmm. And that heads off a lot of things. You know, the recommendation will be you know, these motors used to be a two week delivery. Now they're 18 weeks. I would put one in, I would buy a spare. You buy a spare motor, it's a little bit bigger, it can cover a lot of other horsepowers, you know. There's no reason why you couldn't put a 15 horsepower motor in where a a 10 horsepower motor would go. So you can kind of have strategies to cover things off and be much more efficient. And you'd be surprised that you can carry on quite well. For example, drives. A drive, a variable frequency drive can run an electric motor of lesser horsepower down to 25%. So if I have 100 horsepower variable frequency drive, I can run a 25 horsepower motor. And the reason being is that I can set the overload. I can tell the drive to look for that little motor. So, you know, it covers a lot. You don't have to buy all kinds of drives to match that particular motor. These are the strategies and insights that you can deploy and really become much more efficient. And it costs, costs down like crazy.
0: Right. 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 And that's, that's what people need. And that's what people are looking for right now. Absolutely. So, George, I wanted to know if you could share some examples of how this has worked in the field in terms of projects that you've worked on, things that you've seen, maybe facilities where this has been implemented. Can you share some of those examples? I know you might not be able to give us all of the details, in yeah. terms of company <laughs> names and things like that. But, you know, just some practical examples of what this has looked like when it's deployed.
1: Well, I did get called into, there was a new hospital was being built. It was huge. And the situation was that, first of all, they had lost probably 30 drives. Wow. And probably as many motors. This was part and parcel with being a hospital, they have to do the genset test. They have to shut the power off and go off of a hydro or utility and go on the generators. So this test has to be passed before anything signed off it wasn't working too well <laughs> it was it wasn't going well you right. know it was it was a problem and of course i got the call so i went in there and i looked at the situation and you can't imagine how many people were involved in this hmm. there was the hospital itself there were engineers there were consultants there was the city there was the utility there was probably Three major trade contracting companies, large companies that were involved, each having their own electricians and mechanics and managers coming in. So we said, we got to deploy a node. We got to find out and we've got to see what the drive and see what the motor is saying. So we did that. And this is at the height of the pandemic, too. Everybody's in, you know, gowns and masks right. and, and glasses and everything. So we did that and the drive issue was fixed it had to do with the carrier frequency because the consultants had also spec'd out large harmonic filters now they're they're passive but they have large inductors and large capacitors and store a lot of energy and you know the drive has to run a certain way that was all sorted out by the manufacturer beautifully the motors were failing so there was a lot of speculation, a lot of opinion, which was confusing the issue horribly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I said let's get some data. We got the data and we conclusively proved that the issue was the windings in the motor were experiencing what is called poke through. Now poke through is if you if you magnify the motor windings. It'll look like there's a bunch of cigarette burns on them. So you'll get this nice glossy copper look, but they'll, they'll be black stains intermittently all over. What's happening is that the winding insulation isn't robust enough to overcome the pulsing of the drive because we're just pulsing DC. We're, we're kind of simulating AC. So it was overcoming and they were arcing between the windings, which you can't have. They have to be totally isolated or insulated. So we provided that report. We didn't hear anything. (laughs) Lo and behold, the new motors came in. Haven't had any problems since. You can do do whatever you want from that. It's not our place. We were told that it was not being taken any further. Thank you very much. (laughs) We'll deal with it. Thank you. (laughs) So, that's the other side of this coin is that you have to be very careful on how the information is, is relayed and who looks at it. Cause there's a lot at stake in a lot of times, you know, it's, it's not about finding fault, right? It's not about fixing the blame. It's about fixing the problem and, and carrying on. So that was resolved. Another interesting one that I had a little while, a little while ago. This is a long time ago was a, a very large data center for a major bank, and I I can't say anything because I did an NDA on it. I was called in and it was a real problem. So what was happening was they had eight 650 horsepower chillers, which cools all of those buzzing data drives. Right. So when they did the test, they would all trip and fault. Mm -hmm. This big manufacturer was not being paid. And they said, it's your problem, your drives that are built into the big chillers, it's your fault. I'll give you the short of it. I proved that when we monitored and saw the waveform, when they were switching over to the generator, the switch was a static switch. It was it was a semiconductor switch, which did it instantaneously instead of an automatic switch, which is like a physical switch. Hmm. It did it instantaneously. Whenever that happens, that's that backup system, that backup generator, has to have a phase compensation circuit in it. It didn't. So the bottom line is three phases would come in, turn into one phase, and then break out and turn into three phases again. That was the problem. And anytime you have any kind of line reactor winding before it, where it hits it, the current jumps up 350%. That's why the drives are tripping. They were seeing this anomaly. They put the phase compensation in, Everything worked perfectly. I mean, that could have gone on for, that went on for a year. Goodness gracious. That went on for a year. And that that was a big problem. That was a huge Mm -hmm. problem. Because, you know, they need to cool those drives down. That's that's a big data center. Right. There's all kinds of things. There really is. You know, (laughs) you have a lot of labs and they do a lot of different testing and everything else. They can't have the air system go down. Mm-hmm. They can't. Absolutely, uh, there, are, there are big office buildings where they have, you know, maybe hundred horsepower, maybe three of them supply fans, and if they're not operating properly, the elevator doors don't close, or you have the front doors, you can't pull them open. <laughs> you know, the the, the pressure to building's like way off, and right. it's not balanced. A lot of a lot of these buildings use the elevator shaft as a return. Makes That's sense. Fine. Yeah. Wow, so, you know, if the elevator doors can't close, it's it, well, it can be a safety issue too.
0: Mm-hmm. Not sure. only that,
1: uh, if you've got an office tower full of lawyers, law offices, yeah, you're going to hear about
0: it. Mm-hmm. Big time, and big I've, time. Those, are, I've had that those happen. are those are billable hours, right there. Oh yeah, like, you know, <laughs> lawyers know all about that. No, they they'll get things done. They will. <laughs> so. So George, as we, as we begin to come to the end of our conversation here today, this has been really informative and I think really enlightening for a lot of people just to let people know where we are in the industry right now and what ESA monitoring can can provide and, and do for them. So what final thoughts do you have for us? Do you have any conclusions, anything you want to leave our audience with here today sure. uh, following our conversation?
1: Easy deployment is very robust and stable. It's continuous. You get pure data.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The data is all down to short gravy for you we monitor it. You won't experience the financial and administrative burden of all of these repairs that you have to do immediately where you drop everything and everybody's running around with flashlights and ladders trying to fix the problem. Because it's not like it was before. You're not going to get product. It's it's pure and simple. Right. So if there's any departure from the norm, we can nip that in the bud and keep your motors mm-hmm. running.
0: At the end of the day, that's really the most important thing is, uh, is keeping things running, keeping the lights on, making sure that you don't have downtime. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. George Gallia, he's the VP of Field Services at Volta Energy. George, thank you so much for joining us here for this episode of Volta Knowledge and sharing your insights and expertise.
1: You know, MarketScale has a great service. It's very much needed now, Tyler, and I'm, I'm so happy. I was excited to be on this, but thank you very much for having me.
0: Absolutely. It's been, a, it's been a thrill having you on. You've been a, a fantastic guest and I've loved getting to learn a little bit more about this from you here today. So thank you again to George Gallia. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of Volta Knowledge. It's been a privilege having you along with us. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest insights from Volta. You can also go to their website to learn more today and to reach out to people like George. If you have questions and need answers, make sure to head to that website and subscribe to the podcast and stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for this one for my guest today george gallia i've been your host tyler kern thanks so much for joining us